And so how are you impacting people based on your voice, based on your posture, based on your eye contact, based on your body movements? All those things matter. Most importantly, they matter because it will cause people to pay attention to you or it will cause people to feel a certain way. Welcome to the Executive Leadership Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to Dr. Benjamin Ritter. He is a leadership coach, executive coach, and also provides career coaching services for senior leaders that feel stuck in their professional development or unfulfilled at work. So we're going to be talking to Dr. Ritter about developing executive presence and how you can build this no matter what level you're at, whether you're an aspiring executive leader or a current middle manager or current senior leader looking to take your leadership and presence to another level. So I really hope you enjoy this podcast episode with Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Well, Dr. Ritter, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, happy to be here. Round two, take take seven. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm really happy to be here. Well, awesome. Um, well, before we get going, I'm really excited for our discussion today on executive presence. But before we get going on our discussion, um, can you give our listeners a little bit of, of, of an overview about who you are? Of course. Uh, so my background's in organizational and talent development. At this point in time, I provide leadership and career coaching as well as leadership assessment and talent design and delivery of programs. Uh, my main work is to actually work with executive leaders to help them craft a career that they can love. So that involves really defining what they want to do, really identifying what those values are, what the things they've liked and what they disliked, making sure that we know what their target is and the direction they want to go, then turning it into that, that into their professional brand so people will actually think that that's what they're capable of when they they meet that person or when they see their online presence, and then making sure that we can turn that into work, into a career. So basically helping people really fall in love with their work again and work in a way that aligns with who they are as an individual and to their strengths as well as to where they want to grow to. Mm. Awesome. And... um so for our our topic of discussion today, we're going to be talking about executive presence. And so we'll go with Ben. Ben, um, can you explain a little bit with and based on your perspectives and the work that you've done, uh, what exactly is executive presence? Yeah, it's not going to be that long of an answer. It's pretty <laughs> straightforward. Executive presence is how you make people feel. And specifically when it, in regards to executive presence, if do you make people feel like you are a leader? And so that relates to a variety of different things. Sometimes they can be pretty subjective to the individual, but usually they're actually more so subjected to the organization. But luckily leadership is, is pretty consistent across the board, generally depending on the culture and values of an organization. And I'm very biased in what I believe leadership is. And so then there are certain pillars that relate to that. Now these, these pillars can be, can be, oriented towards the values of an organization. Like for example, the first pillar is vision. So does your vision align with what you believe in, what your team believes in, what the organization believes in, and then can you, can you craft it in a way that actually aligns with all three? And can you communicate that vision in a way that people can understand that is clear and direct and that you're following through with? So even though that they are subjective in like the pillars themselves can be objective. Awesome. Yeah, this is something that I had to learn really early on, especially being a young leader in a senior leadership role is, is building that ex executive presence to be able to 
be able to really perform in, in my work and developing that is really not not that easy it's not an easy task especially when you're a young leader so why would you say this is crucial for really those young professionals aiming for for leadership positions to start really developing executive presence yeah, leaders might have different personalities but if you get into a meeting now we're looking at little boxes on a screen in a zoom meeting it's even more important when you're in a room leaders act in a very specific way and if you don't fit the, that mold of a leader because they're not just all randomly acting the same if you don't fit that specific mold of a leader you're not going to be considered one you walk into a store and you you know the value of a brand based on its marketing and its price point and the mm -hmm. store that it's in and leaders are themselves a product and a brand that are that they're representing for themselves and so if you want to be considered for higher level positions you need to be able to exude executive presence whatever that is for your organization we're going to talk about some tips here i can't tell you how many times i work with a leader that is told you need to work on your executive presence but there's no definition there's no direction so I get this individual that comes to me and they're like, I was told I need to work on executive presence. Great. What other feedback have you received? Nothing. My leader wouldn't tell me. I said, how many follow-up questions did he ask? Yeah. How, did you ask for examples? Okay, great. So we don't have any right now. Let's go get some. And so pay attention to people that are executives in your organization for better or for worse. If you agree with them or don't agree with them, they earn that position. So there's something about their presence and their style and their leadership that is, that is perceived as an executive mm -hmm. yeah that was one thing that i really learned from my experiences is taking the good of what you see in other uh, executive leaders that are around you whether it's your general manager or senior leader or executive leader is seeing uh what do they excel in what areas do you, what are some of those traits that you want to take on um and whether it's posture posture was something that I wasn't really great in, you know, adjusting your posture. Those little, little things that you may not even notice make a huge difference in developing that executive presence. When I'm around you, I feel like you are the leader in the room. And that has different components to it. But because I feel like you are a leader, then I care enough to pay attention to you and to listen to you and to potentially follow you. That is a very important trait. If you start talking in a room and everyone goes silent, you're on the right path. Well, it's there are very specific reasons why someone, why you might engage somebody, why they might pay attention. But think about the power that could lead to for, for you and for your career, for your relationships. If when you talk, people listen. Mm -hmm. And so even if you don't have an executive position, this is important because this is how you lead without authority. Mm -hmm. And I think you really start to build that, even though you know those that might be listening that are not in a leadership role or in that executive role it's um one thing that really helped me is starting to uh work on developing relationships with the people that i worked with and that's what really helped me build that executive presence even though that um i wasn't necessarily in a leadership role is that's how you start uh, there was a book that i read called own own the room how to own the room and uh I learned a lot in that book on how to how to own the room without even being in that leadership role. Yeah, and so that is that is part of executive presence is just presence. Mm -hmm. So are you captivating others? And that comes from 
your ability to be focused, to not multitask, to help people feel like you care, to use your body. As you said, posture. Posture is one of the areas of presence. You also have your voice, you know, how you can speed it up and turn it down and minimize it and talk louder. There's a lot of things that you can do with your voice that people don't realize and don't activate when they're in a meeting. They're just droning on in a very monotone, you know, type of uh, method and it's not engaging to the people around you. Mm -hmm. And so how are you impacting people based on your voice, based on your posture, based on your eye contact, based on your body movements? All those things matter. Most importantly, they matter because it will cause people to pay attention to you or it will cause people to feel a certain way. I know a lot of leaders that I've worked with, we've had to adjust their levels of anxiety and stress, mostly based on how they talk and how they move their bodies because it was causing other people to feel anxious and stressed. And it was help, it was making other people think that that individual wasn't, didn't believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. And was unsure, unsteady, not clear, and unconfident. And that's all just from how you look and how you move. And if you are paying attention to a leader, especially in a virtual meeting, I know we all try to multitask. I know we, a lot of us have multiple documents up on our screen. And leaders, if you really pay attention to a leader, an executive leader in the room, their eyes are focused in one specific direction. They're calling on people, they're leading the conversation, they're taking a step back, they're asking questions, they're goal-oriented, their presence is focused. Look at people that are not leaders in the room. I can't tell you how many managers I work with, directors I work with. You really just pay attention to them. Look at them. Their eyes are going to go left, right, down, up, left, because they're not, they're not in the meeting. They're doing work. There's a reason why you're a manager or director. Why is it that the executive in the room thinks that the meeting is the most important thing, but you, as someone that is trying to move up in the organization, don't? Hmm. There's something to be said there about our presence. Yeah. And I think it has a lot to, to do with uh, intentionality, being intentional in everything that you do. Um, I think that's really how you build that executive presence is, you know, not just um, going into your work day to day, doing what you're supposed to do. It's being intentional and, and really making sure that everything that you do, you're truly being intentional. And not only with that, but also with what really you're communicating out of your mouth is what are you saying? Are you saying stuff that that other people think that you're you're adding value to other people? Is it something that what are you contributing rather than just just spitting out words? So intentionality relates to one of the other pillars of executive presence, which is credibility. And intentionality actually is mostly the reliability. So credibility is I can respect and I can count on you. It's a belief in your expertise and support as well as the people on your team. That so you understand what their expertise and support is and you're able to then leverage their strengths throughout the work that you do. But the reliability aspect is you follow up and follow through with what you talk about, what you say. And so you're not unintentional. You're not unreliable. You're not saying one thing and doing another. And so you very much are consistent. You're closing the loop when there's an open open end on the project. You're not you're not the ostrich putting their head in the sand. Mm -hmm. You're following up with someone that seems to be a little off that day and doesn't feel that great. So you're showing that you care, but you're you're showing your reliability by taking action, being accountable, being reliable, and holding other people accountable as well. Mm -hmm. Now, part of this too is just actually being good at your job, and so that's learning what you need to learn. 
and understanding what other people are good at and helping support the work through their, their strengths as well. When people think that you know what, when people know that you value their strengths and are able to assign work and work with them based on their strengths, you're then going to build a brand of executive presence and influence because those people are then going to start trusting you. And that trust is the, is the foundation of your ability to influence and to motivate individuals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was uh, really key for me is building that trust with people and being reliable because I had leaders that um, when I first started out in the workforce, you know, they, they said they were going to do something, but then they never did it. And then once you start seeing that trend, you start losing trust and really start not really believing in that, in that person that is in charge. And once you're a leader that is able to be reliable and be dependable and ultimately follows through with what they, what you say, um, that's where you really start building trust. And that's how you really gain that. That's another element as, or a pillar, as you mentioned, uh, to build that executive presence. And if you, and I, I think this is where leaders often drop the ball is when they don't follow through or they don't do something that they said, they don't recognize it. And so if you're unable to do something, then another way to follow through is saying, oh, hey, I was not able to do this because X, Y, and Z. I know I said it. And that's where you start gaining that uh, credibility, which is another element that you mentioned. You start uh, gaining both trust and credibility with your people. Mm -hmm. And the fastest way to get rid of that is to not follow through on something, mm -hmm. but also to instigate gossip, to allow gossip to continue or to be negative and to blame others. Mm -hmm. So you will instantly lose your credibility in an organization as a leader. If you are talking, talking smack, right? It's like sharing, sharing gossip, sharing rumors, being negative. Leaders are proactive. They're solution oriented. Again, look at the leaders around you. Executive presence. It is completely framed in a solution and positive and curious curiosity oriented mindset. The moment that you join the group of people on a, in a meeting talking bad about somebody on another team or another department or function or even someone on your team is the moment that they then believe that you also do that mm -hmm. for them or other people and are not in it for the organization overall. And executives, at least in exec, in, in, when it comes to executive presence, is you are always one unit, you're collaborative, you're solving problems, you're solution-oriented, and you are not negative. This is huge. I can't stress this enough. I keep saying it over and over again. I was working with a leader who consistently had a mindset of blame. I'm the victim. Everyone is wrong. I can't believe that this other leader thinks that this is what's okay. You know, executives don't find problems, accentuate problems, blame other people for their problems. They find solutions. They are collaborative. And that that is what will lead you to the top. You're looking for a high-level position, looking to get promoted create collaboration instead of silos. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that was a real inhibitor for me in starting to develop that executive presence, and I'm sure some people can relate that are listening, is really building that confidence to, to start having that executive presence. Oftentimes, it's more of that inner voice that tells you, oh, I'm not qualified to be in this role, or I'm not qualified to lead these people or I'm not, I'm not really prepared for that next thing. Uh, what, what's, what's your take on, on that in, in uh, developing that confidence to build that executive presence? 
You have to believe in yourself. No one else will. Usually confidence starts with clarity. And so with the other pillar is vision. I mentioned it. And if you don't understand what your vision is, it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to build confidence. So your vision is really why you show up. So what you care about. So what meaning do you derive from work and how does that align with the organization's vision, the team vision, everyone around you? But then also what your goals are and what you're working towards and what the plan is to get there. If you don't know, if you don't have a vision, you're probably not going to be confident. I actually say 100% of the time you're not going to be confident mm. because you're not going to know where you're going. Clarity and vision can actually be, I'm just testing things out. I'm trying things out. I'm going to try this thing out. It doesn't have to be, you know, exactly where you're going in the long run. But it has to be that you know where you're going in the short term. Because then confidence then can become, do I have the skills to do this? Great, I'm going to go learn those skills. And then do I believe in myself that I'm capable of doing this? Well, that's a mindset. And you can make that decision. Because confidence at its core is the belief in yourself, just personally, and then the belief in your skills. So there's two aspects of that. One is, one is much more mental. It's a reframe of this is who I am. This is what I care about. This is how I show up. I'm okay with who I am today and where I'm going. And then the skill piece is actually, are you taking intentional action towards learning those skills? Mm -hmm. But it all starts with understanding where you're going and why. Yeah. And I, I really, I also think another element too is um, staying true to yourself. Cause I think from what I've seen with, with my peers is I've seen individuals change once they get that first promotion into a leadership position or executive role and they become a totally different person where they're they're not the same person that they were um so what's your take on that in in terms of uh staying true to yourself well everything we're talking about is being consistent that's mm -hmm. at the core of credibility it's are you doing what you say you're going to do and that also means are you consistent to your vision that you've defined and so when you're not, when you're doing things that are not in alignment with who you are, then you're, you're just going to be, you're not going to be true to yourself, as you mentioned. But I'd say if you do a lot of work on visioning, I don't imagine you're going to start being a different person. I, I'm curious to know a little bit more about what you noticed from these individuals. Where were they not being true to themselves? Because a lot of times when I work with clients, they're not being true to themselves because they haven't done this work on themselves. They haven't figured out clarity. They haven't built confidence. They haven't intentionally created an environment around themselves that's going to help them be aligned. They haven't done any of that work. And that's why they're not true. I've never known anyone to do that type of work and then completely reverse because because mm -hmm. that when you know who you are, it takes a very strong external environmental influence for you not to act in alignment to that. And usually a huge amount of fear and and that then, if you have built the confidence, that then, that tend to, tends not to exist. So I'd love to le learn more about your experiences. Yeah, I think what I've seen with those leaders that have completely just shifted and changed themselves and who they are, um, I think it also comes from insecurities. They were uh, they're afraid that people might think that um, they're not ready for the role or the the person is the right person for that role. Um, I've also seen where the, the leader becomes selfish and they, everything that they do is for themselves and they take credit for, for whatever the team does and they stop caring for, for the team. 
because they they're in that leadership role and they 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 got that taste of um power so then if you do that work in vision and you understand what's important to you and your values it's very unlikely that you get swept up with power and money and title and hierarchy now let's say you actually figure out the reason why you want to be an executive is because of that well mm -hmm. that's your choice but if you find that you're you are not interested in that and you're more interested in doing good and connecting and growing and learning then it's important to put those values front and center every single day because sometimes the money can sweep you up sometimes you can invest that money into something where money becomes more important get those golden handcuffs. Sometimes climbing that corporate ladder and getting the next title is really enticing and you tend to forget what you truly care about. So putting them up in front of you every single day, I, have a, I actually have a post-it on my computer what mine are. And luckily I get to coach and highlight values as, as their level of importance to me. Uh, that helps too. But we can tend to forget uh, based on you know some the what we think, what we might perceive as uh, more money or title or, or success. Maybe if we haven't done the work to define what success is actually mm -hmm. fear is something I see much more common is that someone gets into a position, they climb the corporate ladder and they don't believe in themselves enough. So because they doubt who they are, they tend to act in a way that doesn't serve them or the people around them. Mm -hmm. And that's a big conversation. And I think all executives need it. And understanding that your professional development is a journey, you're in a job, but you're actually in a career. It's all about progress. It's all about the path you're on. It's all about learning. It's about making mistakes. It's about being fired. It's about finding a job and doing great and then failing at a project and then getting going somewhere else and doing another project. There are going to be moments in your career that are disruptive, that you regret, that maybe you're not happy about, but they're all learning opportunities to the next job. There's, there's, there's never going to be a moment where you wake up and jobs don't exist. I mean, if jobs don't exist, then we all don't hopefully have to work and we all can just go sit on a beach all day. Yeah. And so that the idea of abundance and that we're all learning and and that we should be craving feedback. We should hopefully fail because that means that we are learning throughout this time and growing. Mm -hmm. But hopefully we fail in cultures and organizations that accept that as an aspect of our growth and our development. And hopefully we have leaders around us that we respect and that we trust to provide that feedback. And hopefully you're also asking for that feedback. Talk about credibility. Part of that is about, is creating a culture of recognition. Mm -hmm. Recognition is also constructive feedback. And so are you asking other people as well for feedback about your performance? And are you open to it and not defensive? Are you coachable? And if you have that growth mindset at work, that is a huge component of executive presence as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I realized um, probably a few years after I became a, a leader was once you shift your mindset to a growth mindset and you start asking feedback from your team about you you and your performance, you know, how are things going up uh, where it's not the feedback is not just a one way. It's like you can take feedback both ways. And that's how you really create a um, a great culture, not only for yourself, but for the team that you're leading. Feedback is just a conversation. You're mm -hmm. saying the things that you feel in a very specific and detailed way that resonates with someone, either as in recognition, that in a positive recognition, like great job, I really appreciated how you did X, Y, Z. It really helped us do X, Y, Z, or in a constructive manner. Hey, in this specific area, like we're trying to achieve this, but this happened. Can you share with me 
how we maybe can prevent that in the future. This, these are just conversations that lead to a more positive work environment that tend to be held back because we don't feel like we can say them in a positive or constructive way. That is not going to earn you credibility as a leader. And honestly, this is where a lot of leaders I work with fail. When we talk about executive presence, direct feedback is something that they all need to work on and they all struggle with. And if you can learn how to do that at an early age, you're going to be leaps and bounds ahead of other executives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned early on is um, finding vision and clarity. Um, and I know this might be challenging for some people listening. You know, they're, they're going after the shiny objects, go after this, go after you know X, Y, Z, whatever that might be. Uh, where should someone start to even find that that vision and clarity for themselves? Really simple question. Why do you work? That's it. Why do you work? Okay, start answering that question. Start drilling on it. Set aside an hour of your time to just answer that question and answer the questions that come up from that. And I'd say, what were also the previous experiences at work that really sparked an interest in you? What you're passionate about? What you it, it had a great time doing? That you just had fun with? Great. Start journaling those those pieces of information. What were the projects that you were part of? Who were the people that you worked with? Where were you living at that time? And really just get an understanding of the core reason why you show up and the things that make you happy. Those are going to hint at the things that you really care about and what you stand for. And that in itself then can be used to help you figure out goals and next steps in your life. Because then you take that information. Like, for example, if I looked at all my memories and my experiences and work, why do I show up? Well, I show up to positively influence the world of the, the world in regards to health and more specifically at this point in my career in regards to leadership development, professional development, and deconstructing our mindsets as they relate to what how work has to be. Great. So I know that's what I care about, what I'm passionate about. How do I then make a plan of action for the projects I want to be a part of, the organizations that I want to work with, the people I want to engage with based on that interest of mine and the thing that I care about? So then those become goals. And so now I'll create an annual goal. I'll break that down into monthly goals. I'll break that down into weekly goals, break that down into daily goals. And some people won't be thinking, great idea, Ben, but that sounds like a ton of work. Well, executive presence, fulfillment is not something that generally naturally happens. Mm -hmm. We actually tend to move with the waves of things. We go to the shiny object. We go to where there's more money. We go to where there's a bigger title. Or we are afraid of putting ourselves out there and rejection and failing. And so we hold ourselves back. And so we tend not to fall into the place of alignment. And because of that, this work, especially around our vision, is some of the most important work that we can do to make sure that we hold ourselves accountable and that we're intentional towards our levels of fulfillment. It is not something that usually happens naturally. Hmm. And so, so to kind of re recap it, um, based on what we talked about so far, um, what would be the traits of a leader that has great executive presence? So executive presence is three things. It's your vision, it's your credibility, and it's your ultimately your presence as well. So it's do you communicate what you're working towards, why you're working towards it, ensure that that vision aligns with the organization, and are you making sure that, that it also engages the people that you're working with and that they feel like they have some equity or ownership in that vision as well. You then have credibility. Credibility is are you good at what you do? Do you have the skills? At the same time, do you understand the strengths 
of others and the strengths of yourself and are you crafting work to align with those individuals in a positive way? Because if you do that, then people will feel noticed. People will feel cared for. People will think that you understand them. And a really great way to do this is actually to build team profiles and help the team understand what each other's strengths are. This builds credibility for you. So you're following up, you're following through, you understand their strengths. You yourself are great at what you do. And so that people can count on you. The third piece is presence. And that's how you show up. Do you have energy? Are you excited? Are you engaged? Are you positive? Are you solution oriented? Are you focused or are you multitasking? Are you disengaged? Are you anxious? Are you stressed? It can be everything from your body posture to the clothes you wear, to the light that you have. If you're working remotely at home, you know, if you, if you actually care about those types of things, if, if you are an executive, you pay attention to how you are perceived by others and how you show up because it engages with other people too. So those are the three aspects of executive presence. Now, if we talk about leadership, which is part of that is also management, then we have to talk about technical skills like coaching, delegation. Uh, I'd say coaching and delegation are probably one of the most important and then also throw in feedback as we talked about before. But those aren't exactly part of executive presence because executive presence doesn't actually mean that you're managing anyone. Yeah. But leadership tends to include management. And so we want to include those two. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. Um, so how can people connect with you and the work work that you're you're doing today? Well, send me connect with me on LinkedIn, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Let me know that you heard heard this conversation. Share something about executive presence. I would, I would love to have a conversation with you. You can also check out liveforyourselfconsulting.com. If you go to liveforyourselfconsulting.com, you'll be able to sign up for our free ebook, which is basically a manual on creating a career that you can fall in love with. So it has five secrets to creating a fulfilling career. Then we also will send out probably bi-monthly emails just with little career and leadership tips as well. Awesome. And uh, for those that are listening, those links will be in the podcast description on uh, whichever platform you are listening on, just so you can easily uh, connect with um, Dr. Ritter and, uh, also the work that he's doing. Well, as we wrap up here, um, Ben, we have a quick rapid fire, uh, just, uh, fun, fun questions just to wrap up our conversation. Um, the first one is uh, dead or alive. Who would you like to have lunch with? Ooh, uh, probably Pele. I'd love to hear about his experiences being one of the most famous soccer stars in the world during a time where the world was a little, a little dicey too. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And then um, how do you consume content and what are you reading today? So I listen to podcasts. I read eBooks and I also read regular books and I'll sometimes watch YouTube videos or read articles, but generally not. I tend to prefer podcasts or books. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now I'm reading a book, The Spontaneous Fulfillment of Desire by Deepak Chopra, as well as 4,000 yeah, 4, Weeks Time Management for Mortals. And then I always have a fun little fantasy book that I'm reading at the time too. Oh, cool, cool. And then uh, what's the next thing on your bucket list that you would like to do? I told my mom I was going to take her to Costa Rica to see the turtles. So oh. I'm make sure we get that get that done. And then my partner, Tiffany, we, we have a an agreement that on our bucket list, we want to go see the turtles in the Galapagos. So lots of turtles in the family for some reason. 
<laughs> and then a final question is what is the best words of wisdom or advice that you've received so far oh there's so many depending on <laughs> which way we want to take this so in terms of leadership uh, the most important leader is the one that lives inside you so no matter what you always are the person making the decision in regards to leadership. I don't care who anybody is. You ultimately are doing the thing that they asked for because you decided to do it. And as a leader, you need to keep that in mind that everyone is always making their own decisions. And so you have to figure out what motivates their decisions. And then for yourself, you have to do the same. What motivates your decisions? And if you're able to understand what motivates your decisions, you can really end up controlling your behavior and your actions and your intentions. Awesome. Well, Dr. Ritter, thank you so much for your time and being on the podcast really enjoyed this conversation. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has uh, been fun. I, I hope we've inspired some executives. Yes. Call and make sure you reach out. Yes, for sure. And uh, for those again um, that didn't catch it earlier, if you want to connect with Dr. Ritter, uh, the links are in the podcast description to his LinkedIn uh, and his also uh, website. And you can uh, subscribe to his uh, email list as well on there. So thank you again, Dr. Ritter. And uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me again. And make sure everyone, if you're listening, to go to your podcast app and give this podcast five stars because it deserves it. It's doing some good stuff. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, thank you so much for tuning in to the Executive Leadership Podcast. I really hope this episode really added value to you and your leadership wherever you're at on the topic of developing your executive presence and hope you're able to have some great takeaways from this conversation. If you would like to connect with Dr. Ritter and some of the services that he has to offer, uh, you can check out his website, which is in the podcast description on whichever platform you're listening on. And if you would like to connect with us and learn more about some of our services that we offer under TC Advisory Group, we are a professional leadership development and training company. We also offer some aviation services as well. And so if you want to get plugged in with us a little bit more, uh, you can go to our website, tcadvisorygroup.com, or you can send us an email, info at tcadvisorygroup.com, or you can take a look at the podcast description. And we have a link there where you can schedule a discovery call with us. We thank you for tuning in to the Executive Leadership Podcast. If you have some time, feel free to give us a review on whichever platform you're listening on. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode next week. Thank you.